Look how big, like our waveforms, look at that, small waveforms yeah, yeah. are then built, count count one to three. One, two, three. Look how much bigger that oh, is. Oh, man, yeah. That's big waveform energy. <laughs> <laughs> big waveform. <laughs> What is up, everyone? It is your boys from Melbourne, and we are back for a 25% special edition of the official NBA Beancast. So we've recently discovered that one of our cast members may have contracted a fairly deadly disease that has been on and off in the news for a little bit. So he is currently not with us at the present, but he is with us in spirit. Hey, Bill? hey, I, I don't have it. I just live with people who might have it. <laughs> <laughs> As you may be able to tell, Bill has been reincarnated into a Samsung, and he is currently <laughs> patched in. We are channeling him through a smart uh, yeah. through a smartphone and a speaker. Yeah. So we have the essence of Bill on the podcast. But for Bill... anyone, for anyone out there who's seen uh, Stranger Things, I'm operating in the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's not good. No good here. <laughs> I mean, problem number one is your brother. Problem number two is how are you going to cook? Like, you know, you've just got all these li- little logistical problems that yeah, come with having down. a with that come with having a plague and living in a alternate yeah, reality. So yeah, luckily, yeah, like yeah, I told you guys, it's 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 pretty good. Like it's just precautionary. I'm not there. It's, I mean. It's, the odds that the virus exists here are, are quite low, but um, just the, the there's that that chance. So you know, obviously we're not we're not taking that chance. So we we are twenty five percent special edition today, as you said. Yeah, yeah. So um, as this is a twenty five percent special edition, unfortunately we do not have Bill on the video, but we do have video now. And we are consistently recording. Please find our YouTube channel at NBA Beancast on YouTube. Please find our Twitter at NBA Beancast. <laughs> and I, I know you can kind of sense a theme here, but please find our Instagram at NBA Beancast. And, hey! And the same for our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, if you oh, want man. to find young Jacob doing ASMR of audio editing, that is where you can go. Uh, so since obviously the nba is still not yet back we will be discussing a few other things about what's going on in the world and other sports and also um today we will be discussing our favorite athletes yes which is a topic from young jacobs yes believe it or not i do actually watch some sports it just doesn't happen to be ball sport (laughs) so there we are we already had this talk nothing without a ball counts so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Damn, bro. So you don't count fly fishing as a sport? That's I mean, darts. I'll give. I'll give darts, but yeah. Yeah, darts <laughs> is a real sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So today on the schedule, yeah, we'll we'll be talking. We'll, we've I've got a bit of quick trivia as, as usual. Um, I've got. Well, we can talk a bit of AFL. Uh, if Karan has any updates on the EPL, we can talk about that. We we talking EPL, brother. Liverpool are champions. It's uh. EPL's, uh, yeah, no. We good. <laughs> we good. So, oh, we got La Liga. Yeah. There's heating up. Yeah, that's true. No, I, got, I got a few things to discuss about La Liga, actually. It should um, be fun. To get things started, guys, I, I, I it's just I, another thing I stumbled upon, but 
Guys, do you know who the top 10 richest NBA players in of all time are? As in, in terms of career net play, playing earnings or oh, net all worth? Time. Net worth. Ooh. Wait, oh, Shaq. No. Michael one. Jordan. Michael Jordan, what, number one, at $1. $1. Oh, 1.9 billion. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's got that Looney Tunes money. Wait, is Shaq not on there? Shaq, Shaq is on there. He's yeah. on there, but he wasn't number one. Oh, yeah, of course he's not number one. Like MJ. But then, <laughs> yeah, MJ's got that Looney Tunes money where right. um, Shaq only has <laughs> that Bane. drink money. All right, so Kobe Bean Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant is number four on the list. Yeah. Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Kevin Garnett's yeah. not there. Oh, no, okay. Okay, that's interesting because um, I know he led in career salary for mm, a while. Mm, mm, yeah. um, LeBron? LeBron's LeBron there. LeBron's there, there yes. just behind Kirby. He's at 480 while uh, Kirby um, is at 500. But this, this is, is as of 2019. So yep. This is a bit of a wild card. Steve Nash. Not Steve Nash. Damn. Not Steve Nash. I feel like some of these guys would be very unexpected. Uh, yeah. At least I would say three, four of them. Yeah. 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 Last four, very unexpected. Uh, one of the top three, very unexpected. Oh, because you guys have got four and five and six as well, because that's Shaq. But you've mm. missed number two and three. Two and three. I'm trying. Are they current players? Uh, no. Huh. Charles Smith? Not Charles. Smith. <laughs> I was just thinking because he's well, he's a marketing executive. Like, yeah, but does does, does it count their um the total value of the contracts that they're currently signed to? I don't. I honestly don't know, but uh, no, there's no uh, LeBron James is the only current player that, uh, on the list. Okay. Oh, oh shit. Um, there you go. Um, yeah, that's what I thought because they would have gone on and done things. Yes. Outside. outside yeah. yeah. Um, one of them is a uh, Laker legend, and also another. Magic. Yeah, Magic. Yeah. Yeah, Six hundred mil number two. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right, let's all right. see. Um, number three. I wonder if you guys can get this one. He. Oh no. Number. He's number. Number six is uh, number six is a bit of an interesting one. Um, he started uh, the Piston Group. The Piston Group. Yeah, former Detroit uh, Pistons player. Does he own Isaiah. the Pistons? Can't be Isaiah. Not Isaiah. Uh, I don't believe he's any he owns any part of the Pistons. But as soon as he finished, then, he started up a um, auto sales. Is it Bill Lambier? It is not. It is Vinnie Johnson. Oh crap! Yeah, I would have never guessed that. Yeah, number three. I don't think you guys will ever get. Um, it's a bit of an interesting one. Charles Smith. Not Charles. <laughs> My man. Bill's operating on Internet Explorer here. <laughs> yeah, I love Charles, but I already got that wrong. Um, this man purchased several... Uh, after As soon as he finished, the, uh, finished up in the NBA, he took his earnings and invested in food franchises, specifically uh, Wendy's. He now owns 161. Oh shit! I'm go- I, I've I've actually heard the story before. I'm I have so heard mad. this also. Also yeah, owns like- 118 chilies and is on the board of the PGA. Oof! 118 chilies. That's not much. It's only a couple of kilos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this man is Junior Bridgman. Yeah, I've I've heard of this guy before, but I would have never guessed like the the name because mm. I can't remember. He was not a memorable player. <laughs> no, but he is a memorable franchisee owner. He is. Invest your money, boys. Invest. Let's see. Uh, th- this one, he's currently a... Because uh... this is a difficult trivia because a lot of these guys are people that you'd never expect since like, it also accounts for like business acumen and stuff. Yeah. And when did that guy last play as well? Like roughly, what was his era? Oh, boy. Um, oh, we need see. Jinx on for I've this I've really one. thrown a spanner in the works. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, d- d- don't get sidetracked with yeah. Jacobs. Yeah. Because I was just saying, because like, depending on how long Jacob's ago it was, you may not... You may not know. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? Like, because he could have just been an okay player. Yeah. Yeah, but then, like, if 
Kendrick Perkins started a bunch of Wendy's and became an overnight billionaire, I still would have no idea. <laughs> this I'd- guy often works with Kevin Harland on the sidelines right now, but he was a 19-year Hall of Fame career um, with the Indiana Pacers. Reggie Miller? Reg. Re- yeah, Reg. Not Reg. Uh, was, what? No, sorry. Re- this guy was on the Sonics, was he? Sonics, yeah, Supersonics. You are bugging, Paddy. <laughs> How did you get those switched up? Yeah, I think you'll understand. I feel like they were kind of similar players. It's Shall I tell you the name? Yeah, go for Grant it. Grant Hill. Oh, what? Supersonics? Where was he? Pistons. My bad. Wait, what? <laughs> Pistons. Oh, my bad. Magic. <laughs> I am Jeez. sorry. I was like, wait, which former Supersonic is on the, is on the panel? <laughs> I was I was cooked. He said 19 years. See, I don't think in hair. All right. Well, all right. Th- this next one, once I give you this little hint, you'll know it immediately. Wait, so what, how how did Hill make it big? Was it like investments or was uh, it career earning? He wasn't he, he, earned, he earned about 148. Uh, sorry, 142 million in his salary, and then uh, and another 120 million in endorsements, and oh my goodness, 80 million dollar shoe deal in, with Fila. Yeah. Um, it was good, and man. then was- he also was a part of the ownership group that purchased the Atlanta Hawks in 2015. Damn. Was he also good at investing and in making sure you mu- his microphone was closer to his mouth? Is that my problem right yeah, now? About, about, about right a fist. <laughs> in in the words of the great Joe Rogan, about a fist away, yeah, Pratty. Did I do it subtly enough? I don't know. <laughs> Is that better? Am yeah. I speaking nice and clearly now? That's nicer. All right. This next guy was taken about three rounds too early in our fantasy all-time draft. John Wall. <laughs> Fantasy all-time draft, oh, as in our I, our. I will like all the registers. Right, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who you're disrespecting here. Is it David Robinson? David Robinson. He was not taken three rounds early. Maybe it according to Bill one. Temby, maybe one round. <laughs> he, is a, like he is a borderline. Let me remind you, he's rated top 97 all, uh, on guy. 2K's top rating, 10, 15. all-time rating. No, no, I'm with you. He should be in that 10 to 15 range for sure. Um, and uh, number 10 is. I, I, if I give you any hint, you're going to get it immediately. All right, all right. Let's think. Let's think. All right. Not active. Not active. Not retired active. in 2002. Oh, shit. Also rich. Yes. Played with them. It, it's, it's not Rick Fox, although I know he owns an esports team. Chuck? Uh, that was Echo Fox. Just because I follow esports, that I would mention that. But yeah, like Rick Fox. It, it's Rick, Rick Fox. Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, earns a, he earned a team called Echo Fox. Owns, sorry, yeah, and uh, yeah, he retired in 2002, won two rings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, had that amazing year, that really amazing year. He's invested in real estate and, uh, this you know. does God. not narrow it down no. at all. Um, <laughs> those are good hints. He had, a, he had a very, very, no, you'll know who I'm talking about when I say he had a very, who very good in single man. year. Just one good year. No, 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 he had several good years, but like one year, he yeah, it was... Particular. Mm. Alan yeah. Iverson. No. Yeah, I was thinking. Two thousand and two. Couldn't be AI. Yeah, and no. Also, yeah, just retired. Uh, Eighteen years. That was a stupid guess. Um, Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. Two thousand two. T Mac. Hakeem. No, T Mac didn't retire in two thousand two. Yeah. 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 Well, Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. Yeah. There you go. Oh well. I don't One know. Very, very good year. Do you not understand? Yeah, but like you, you know, her came for more than one very good yes, year. Yes, the dude was an all-time great. Yes, but he had a historically amazing one year when he won yeah, Depoy. Yeah, but when you <laughs> when you emphasize the one good year, yes, you think because of dudes that's like something Alan that's, no, that's something that's like only what two people have achieved that. Nah, that's true. Great <laughs> brother. That's true, Brady. But yeah, I don't know. Hakeem was into property property investment. Damn, that's crazy. Living houses. 
That's crazy. It just shows you, though, right? Like one of those shows. Wait, <laughs> man, he, Hakeem's very good with blocks, mate. Like, I'm not <laughs> surprised. <laughs> like, it, it just shows you, like, just making your income from your main in- revenue stream is not enough. Like, you, you diversify, do, diversify, you do need to diversify, diversify. <laughs> I mean, property investing is not diversifying, but you know. No, but if you if you were basketballing and making money from that, and then you passive income, property, passive income, passive you move income, it into property, then you have diversified. <laughs> not really. <laughs> These are two people who are far too into business for me. But yeah. Anyway, um, um, so guys, what we got next, Paddy. Uh, Bill is now an, an Essendon Bombers family, a fan again. It would seem. No, they've won not. three of their last four. Here we Get go. Get on board, boy. Twenty twenty premiers for uh, our non what, what can I say? Australian listeners. Yes, Bill is a fake Essendon fan. He's not. A, I don't support AFL because the organization <laughs> at its roots is absolutely terrible. Um. It's basically, as the great young Tomer once quoted, um, the pits of Hades is piss. Um, But that being said, the Essendon Bombers are playing some decent football. Um, They actually beat, what what day are we at today? Sunday, they beat Collingwood on... Yep, that's right, 63-48. Quite a game. Um, Good to watch. Andrew McGrath, number one pick a few years back, coming good. Um, what else? Dylan uh, Shield, big signing, playing well. Who was the big signing? Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield, learning to hit targets on the same team. Not bad. <laughs> um, what's his? No, the, the seriously for me the the I, and I even said this last year when this guy played. Um, Kaz, you you might be aware. You'll be becoming more aware as the weeks go by, but Jordan Ridley, yeah, good this player. Guy might be the third best player at Essendon, and I'm I'm not taking the piss. Wait, that, so that can, so I'm guessing he, one and two are McGrath can, and Shield. He can seriously play. Ah, uh, yeah, that that'd be my one and two. Um, Jordan Ridley, man, he's he's an elite ball user. He's been very good one on one, and he's quick. He's deceptively quick. But anyway, on the on the AFL note. Because I fuck Essendon, you know, I, I don't <laughs> just care for them. They, they've they've kept me in the pits for however many years I've been alive for, except for when I was four years old. Um, but um, on a whole, the the AFL season is is not giving me much hope for what we're going to get for from the NBA season, just in terms of uh, yeah, it's been a bit dodgy. It's huh? going. It's Player a bit of a shit show. Um, <laughs> There's been no consistency, um, really, and um, yeah, I think the standard's been poor compared to recent years, um, and I think the variance in results, while it's been kind of, you know, good that you're not rocking up to every week. And I think basically what it's turned into is um, the teams that are more fit are just generally winning more games. So then- it's not necessarily coming down to. How good the how good that how well they play football. It's just how long can they keep it up for? Yeah, um, and I'm not. I don't know. It's just I'm not not really enjoying it. Um, like I've been watching, obviously, but um, yeah, it's a, it's been a bit of lackluster. How I describe it, um, I don't know. They've they've got to sort some shit out because obviously they're at the end of what is it next round? They're sending. 
all the Victorian teams interstate, you know, a couple of weeks late. But that's, you know, the AFL has been the VFL for however long and it still <laughs> sort of is. So it's sort of a, and I've been big on it for a long time that, and I'm kind of glad that it's happening now because I think the Victorian teams are going to get a taste of what, you know, oh, sorry, the interstate teams are going to get a taste of what the Victorian teams get in that, you know, they are going to get seven or eight weeks straight in their home state, which they haven't had. So hmm. I think it's going to be really good for, for them. But then obviously the, the whole competition's already, it's just, I don't even know that it's, <laughs> I don't know how to, how to talk right, about I think, it. Um, I think Praddy touched on an interesting point here, actually, in terms of the player intelligence, because we've got AFL players performing all sorts of off-field shenanigans. You wouldn't ha- perhaps be talking about the the great steel side bottom. Yes, the you? man with a bottom on a side made of steel. Um, yes. Yes, so we've got AFL players making about what an, like a superstar AFL player makes about an NBA rookie contract. And yeah. they also have much less room for shenanigans, whereas the NBA is an absolute free-for-all. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine when the generally the athletes that generally have less access to debaucherous activities and also just generally, I feel like that footy players have to be a little bit more disciplined because oh, it's, yeah. it's harder to get away with bad fitness if you play footy yeah, because you've got to run so much. Like, if you got these guys messing around and not following regulations, can you just imagine what someone like J.R. Smith is uh, going to do when he's in the bubble? Uh, it's not even the fact that you can't run enough of the game. You'd just be injured. Yeah, like, like that too. a lot of hits, right? Like, they specky as well. Yeah, but, like, if, you, of, if you've got steel side bottom out on the town on the piss, like, can you... Yeah, exactly. Just... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they do do that. It will be impossible to drop a Charles Barkley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they have been like, they have been known to enjoy certain substances which you're not allowed or legally not allowed to enjoy. Well, look, as you've mentioned before, you know, sports is all about how well can you get away with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but the thing is, it's like, especially AFL, especially I think in Victoria, like people really look up to them as um, idols. Oh, I, d- I, I think it depends, right? If you've ever seen Jordan to go out on a Friday night. <laughs> How often do you see, right, on on um on the news where they'd be like, oh, an ex football player went out and they got really drunk and <laughs> a lot of cocaine and were upset, and then they were, and then, they were then they would get like a concerned mum on on the news, and she's like, I just can't believe it. He's my son's idol, and I can't believe that. These people who have a history of going out and doing silly things aren't actually good role models, right? But that's the thing, right? It's like the, always the argument with music is like, can you separate the person from the art? It's like it's like the great Charles Barkley said, yeah. I'm not a role model. Yeah, exactly right. You can enjoy their music and you can idolise them for being an athlete, mm. but they're not one to like but guide your life to, up. To be, nah, to be fair, I think there's a little bit of a false equivalency because like this is a matter of public health. It, it's not just... I mean, oh, yeah, what now, are the mums gonna say? Now it's, it is. It's a matter of keeping everyone else yeah, safe. Now it is, like with yeah. Corona and stuff, right? But as far as I was aware, you couldn't get secondhand cocaine addiction. I mean, have you <laughs> Jordan to go out on a Friday night? Maybe you can. Maybe you can. <laughs> um, uh, I think there was one more person we do have to mention. Jacob, you wanted to drop a bomb on uh, 
Well, drop a bomb about. Oh, so one of the people who's really, really big, at least in the media for AFL, is Eddie Maguire. Ah, my favourite. Which is a person I don't really enjoy. (laughs) Um, And I'd always had this thing. I'm like, what was he doing? Was he a sports star? Was he originally in the AFL? No. No, he's not. You already know. He was not in the AFL. He just got... So what happened was his brother was already working at um, one of the newspapers at the time when he started doing journalism. And they said, oh, he's just like, hire my brother. And that's how he got in, right? So the only reason why he's synonymous with football is because he was writing about it. He was never in it. So I think that really changes your perspective, at least it changed my perspective of the fact that this person's never played a game. All right. So um, for for the listeners that aren't familiar, Eddie Maguire is a very popular media figure in Australia. And then he is also the president of the club of the player that we were just talking about, Steel Sidebottom. Oh, yeah. And what a name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Never Longbottom, that Steel Sidebottom. That, no, that's an elite name. Imagine being named Steel. <laughs> that is... Uh, but anyway, so um, Eddie Maguire actually said that players that are caught, they deserve $100,000 fines and extensive suspensions. But then when one of his players actually got caught breaking the restrictions, yeah, yeah he completely just backflipped on it and said... Oh, the suspensions are a bit harsh. He should be commended for actually coming out yeah. and telling us that he broke the rules. Yeah. And what, which essentially was, um, as soon as it was inconvenient for me, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this that just summarizes Eddie, like man. if people aren't going to take this seriously, I feel like this bubble is just not going to work. Not, not to mention, um, with some of those suburb, suburbs that have been locked down, uh, because people have been naughty and they've been spreading corona to everybody, um. <laughs> That apparently a lot of the footballers fleed the day before because they got they gave them twenty four hour notice. Yep, and they said suburbs will be locked down from here, and you're not allowed to leave. Yeah, so one of Bill and my friends, um, her mum's boyfriend is now living. Bruh, yeah, <laughs> bruh, that's so <laughs> they, bad. They, they literally just left because they don't want to be in lockdown. So it's wow. crazy. They shouldn't be doing that. Um, but no, but like if they're gonna stay in one place and it's fine, yeah, guys. The I guess talking about the bubble does help us transition the conversation to the NBA situation right now because a uh, uh, report just came out that the and it's what I was alluding to last week is that the workers will not be remaining within the bubble, they are free to go and come as, yeah, it makes please. sense, and they are living directly. Sl- Right in the middle of all the hot spots in Florida. Right. Makes sense. Which all, is basically the entire place. You're just going to have a Ridges and Swanston effect. Oh, and then, yeah. And then also you've got what? I think 5% of the NBA tested positive. Yeah. I mean. And it's an exponentially spreading disease. So exactly what you want is a bunch of people that are actually infected living yeah. together yeah. in a bubble. I don't know how much it matters anymore in Florida. for America. Because they recorded <laughs> 35,000 new cases yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like, it's. It's done. <laughs> my my whole thing with this bubble, right, is like I mean, no no disrespect to to these boys, but yes, like I feel like for for as long as guys like Landry Shamet and Dwight Howard and these guys, when they're getting the virus, I don't think it's going to be seen as like a big deal, right? But then, can you imagine we're two weeks into the NBA thing? And like, just just imagine like Paul George gets it. LeBron. Oh, I, don't, James I don't think we'd notice over, if Paul man. George got it. If LeBron James right. did, it would be a completely different <laughs> no, but, story. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's bullshit. Yeah, like, getting, saying Paul George will get it, off, people man. will take notice is it, like saying Anthony Davis will get it, people will take notice. No one nah. cares about these guys, and they're not relevant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Unless you I want to be on the to... podcast, fellas. <laughs> then you are. It's my whole thing. Like, like with the AFL, I keep saying to my mates, I'm saying, like, the, the AFL come out when Conor McKenna, you know, had the, the minor positive test, whatever it was. They come out saying our, our priority is, is the player's safety. And then they, they schedule for Brisbane to come and play a game in Melbourne the next week. Yeah. What? I, I don't get it. And I feel like the NBA is saying the same. Like, like I trust Adam Silver a lot more than I, I trust the, the AFL board. But like, at the same time, it shouldn't take a, a high a high personnel player to get this for, for them to, you know, sort of take it a bit more seriously. Because, um, like, obviously these guys are super fit, but you never know. Like, it, it, it affects everybody differently. And I think it's um it's kind of poor to see that that they are saying, well, we're going ahead regardless of, yeah. of people not coming to play. I, I find that bit kind of um kind of stupid and hard to believe. It's yeah. similarly confusing for the NBA because, like, Jinx was saying it last week as well, is that, like, in the beginning, Rudy Gobert had some symptoms. They shut it down immediately. Perfect. And now there's, you know, 25 players testing positive and they're like, oh, no, we're still... We're, we're still, still going ahead. We're still going really ahead. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just... I mean, at this point, I have to say, Kyrie was completely right. Yeah, but to be fair, Kyrie's concerns were not health-related. <laughs> no, but he's still right. I mean, yeah. and I, I wanted to mention this as well, is that I feel like the 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 push to get the NBA back is still very fishy because I, no, mean, I, I don't think it's fishy at all i think it makes complete sense they're just trying to protect their bottom line yeah, yeah. that's about that's it that's all it is it, it makes money. total sense yeah, yeah because the the idea of you know putting you know black lives matter painted on the sidelines or players get to put their statements on their jerseys is like people will notice that the first day and they'll be, oh that's pretty cool and then they won't care about it like the the yeah. spectacle and the object that they're there to watch is the NBA. They're not going to take notice of oh, yeah. LeBron James's jersey says global, uh, sorry, group ac- uh, economics. Yeah. Oh, no. That was on the list of put that it things could even could have the on. opposite effect too with fans as well. Like if you go, oh, that's weird. They're not playing as well. And they have that weird slogan on their shirt. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell you what would, jump to conclusions. I'll tell you what would really make people take notice though. If LeBron James had a free Hong Kong across the back of his jersey. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh. Did, well, that's the thing. They had they had to make a list just to make sure. Um, so the entire the the there's a list of exact things. Yeah, that I have, have on their I have jerseys. I have many problems with this, but I feel like that'd be another podcast on its own. So because like, uh, that Sharpie can't solve. So what what I'm gonna say right is with with this whole bubble, my my big problem with it right is like a play a player is gonna get a positive test during during the thing like i have no no doubt in my mind that the number of cases we're seeing in florida on the daily i just i feel like it's inevitable and then my whole problem with it is whatever they set the bar at that that just has to be it they they can't bring in this bullshit of like if the first positive test is like a 12th string guy it should not make a difference if if it's you know, the, the bottom of the Clippers list or Kawhi Leonard test the positive. As soon as they make a decision on what the protocol is, they have to stick with it. I don't want any of this bullshit. Like, like I saw something in the AFL saying, like on the media saying still side bottom should be let off easier be- because of his status in the game. And I thought yeah, that's, so Andy that's, Maguire. that's a load of shit. <laughs> I thought that's got nothing to do with it. Like, and so I just really hope that the NBA, like, I, I don't care. Like what happens with it? I, that's all I'm saying. That it, once they've made a decision, they they can't they can't bring in this. Bull- 
bit of like, oh, it doesn't matter as much because, you know, this this guy only plays like two minutes every second game. No, I, I don't want to hear it. So what you're saying effectively is that regardless of status, they need to stick by the protocols that they are going to enact. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I'm 100% behind that. I guess we can. Uh, is there anything anything else about the other wild, wide world of sports you wanted to mention? Yeah, so, or? Um, it's it's getting pretty interesting out in the football world. So, um, hey, 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 you you talking about my Browns out in Cleveland? No, yeah. there's nothing. There's there's nothing interesting going on there. I'm talking about a completely <laughs> different football. Um, I know. I'm so sad. There there is never <laughs> anything interesting going on with that dumpster fire of a franchise. The most interesting thing will be how will they manage to f*** it up again with the players that they've got Run, now. And I'm sorry. <laughs> and I am apologizing for my foul language, but the Cleveland Browns do this to me. Every single time I hear about how they're going to be good for the next year, I just think, what have you guys been paying? Have you guys been watching the previous seasons of football? All, it doesn't matter. It doesn't all. matter who they get in. They are going to suck. All until they say- get a competent quarterback, <laughs> until they get, uh, I mean, okay, the de- the defense is pretty good. Until they get a competent quarterback and until they get a competent front office, they are going to suck. They have always sucked and they will continue to suck for the remainder of their history until they make a dramatic change. Phew. Yeah, thank All you, right. Stephen A. Smith. I, 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 just, I just had to get that out. Sorry, boys. But then, Moving yeah, so, on, so... Moving on. So off the Cleveland Browns because the, these this team raises my blood pressure so much. Um, there there yeah. there are um, interesting things going on in other sports. So, for example, Bill, I'm sure you are aware. Um, Lionel Messi, uh, probably the second most famous footballer in the world, is actually uh, threatening to resign from his team if they don't kick out the president. The man. The, the man is like. I, I I don't know, man. Like, like I I thought like. Sorry, context. Okay, so the club president. No, so Messi plays for Barcelona. It yes. is the probably the biggest team in the world. Mm. Yeah. So objective. Barcelona have an extremely incompetent president. <laughs> so you know how you've got um, James Dolan. Yes. More control in the organization and worse. <laughs> so. Well- they have a but they James- also have like LeBron James playing for their team. For yes. Him. Okay. So, he, he, so nah, bro, bro, don't you ever disrespect my man Leo Messi <laughs> like that. This this man is that good. Like, imagine Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> imagine MJ, but like three times as good. That's where Messi is, bro. That's where Messi is. Like, man, I I don't care what what happens if if I'm if I'm on the board at Barcelona, like. If Messi said that that they need to hire his 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 bloody his child to play striker, bro, I'm paying his child fifty million to <laughs> so, come play. So striker. what I was gonna get at was, can you like the analogous situation here would be LeBron being all right? I'm gone unless you get rid of James Dolan. Like I, I, I don't know about in the NBA in terms of getting rid of the owner because the owner has such pull. But man, it's mm. Leo Messi like. This man is literally. Yeah, but then you like shouldn't. A you should. I feel like you shouldn't be enacting such decisions just because your player says it. I mean, the dude is incompetent. He has to go. But like, you shouldn't be making board decisions based on what the player says, regardless of who the player is. This is how I, you I end agree. up with Manchester United post Sir Alex Ferguson. I I agree, but I also think that we're transitioning into a time where the players do have more of a say. 
Um, mm. And so I, I think while I, while I fully agree with you that like a player should never be able to essentially be like oh like you you have to fire them whatever I fully agree that they they should be allowed to say like unless you fire them I'm not playing then they can be like well fine like you're not playing we'll, we'll trade you whatever blah 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 mm. but I do think that the the players having a voice in how their franchise operates is is definitely a positive thing. Um, I don't really see how it can be negative unless the owner is a like obviously a complete James Dolan type, <laughs> type of operator, operator like um, Mark Bartomeu is. Um, yeah. See the the other thing with this situation is Barcelona is a fan owned team. This oh. is this is actually fairly common in European sport, okay. In, okay. in European football where like the the fans own the team and then they vote in a president. Oh. So Democracy. he's actually, yeah. So he's actually voted it. So the the fans get a greater say in how the team is run. That's interesting. Which is also how you end up with the team spending about eighty or ninety percent of its wages on player, um, sorry, on turnover on player wages, which is insane. Which had never that's happened in American sports. No. But yeah. So that that's there. There is a bit of give and take with that. But then yeah, that's how this really became a thing because he doesn't really own the team, but he runs the team, hmm. and then he makes some very silly decisions. So okay. I'm I'm just wondering, how do you think this would go if this happened in other sports like the nba like if lebron like if lebron joined the knicks or if he said i will not join the knicks until you get rid of james dolan or unless the owner leaves do you think that there could be anyone in the organization that could actually force the owner to sell the team because i i I can't imagine that this would fly in because because yeah yeah, because as you said like it's 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 um direct ownership like you know what i'm saying like so it's like james zolan would get nothing for resigning exactly oh i I mean like he if he sold the team he gets the he gets all that money (laughs) but yeah no no but yeah obviously it's an investment owning a, a a franchise um yeah, I don't think I could see it happening. I, I can't think of any um, sporting league really where it's it's possible. Um, right. So then the question that I want to pose is that: Do you think it'd be more beneficial if NBA teams were fan owned? No. Nah. Because fans are idiots, man. Like, look, go on Twitter. <laughs> look at Barcelona, bro. What do you mean, bro? Go go on Twitter and look at all the Laker fans. I don't want to hear it, bro. Like. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention, depending on which team it is, like the Lakers is way more well-known than, I don't know, the Jazz, for instance, right? Yeah. So you're going to have way more input on one team than the other, and they're going to be wasting resources because they have to sift through more votes. So, but here's the thing that like Barcelona is like one team that's fanered. That's not the case for all the teams. Not the all the teams, no, but there are a lot of fanned so teams. So it wouldn't necessarily be like all the teams in the NBA. It would perhaps nah. be like nah, but just th- the Utah Jazz. It would be like their dedicated fan base. Yeah, exactly. So do you think that having some teams that are owned by the fans would be beneficial for the league as a whole? Well, here's the thing, and I I don't know anything about this. That's Mm. why I'm asking. But Mm. um, with Barcelona, like, can't they just have a, you know, a a stupidly large amount of trolls, for example, saying, no, you should do this. How does that work? Yeah. Yeah, So you've actually got to, you've actually got to pay to be an owner. (laughs) So it's like the, um, like AFL membership. Kind of, except the barrier to entry is much like you got to pay a lot more money. Okay, so then so I you think- have a vested interest in the team doing well yeah. because yeah. when the team increases in value, your your stake value increases as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, I don't see you, any problem with it because that's, like that's all right if it's like that. I, yeah, like yeah. I don't think even if you're completely stupid, 
Like, you, if you're completely stupid, you probably don't have enough money to put a stake in a team anyway. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, on, there's James Brady, Dolan. Brady, yeah, Brady, but <laughs> I raised you the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, look, no one ever looks to Michael Jordan for uh, how to run a team. Yeah. <laughs> but the other yep. thing I was wondering is, is it limited geographically? So can only mm. American buy in for a share of a team. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah because so with Barcelona, you, that could get a bit messy as yeah, well. Yeah, because <laughs> messy. Nice. Right. So you, you, you need <laughs> to actually because for, <laughs> for the fan-owned football teams, you actually need to be able to show up to meetings yeah. as well. So there's like a I, I can't. There's like a lower threshold of how many meetings you have. Yeah, to show nah. Up see, you I don't have to show up in person. Or yeah, you, you actually have to show up in person. No, I can't zoom in. Nah, America's too like international now. Um, so I don't. I don't think it would work at all. Yeah. And uh, mm, yeah. And uh, we don't need to comment on the intelligence of um our friends in Freedom Land in terms yeah. of decision making. Yeah. And not to mention, like, you got other political interests potentially as well, like with how how large NBA is in China mm. and that whole dispute about. Um, who was it with the Hong Kong? Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Yeah. Yep. Like that could do. That could throw throw even more spanners in. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. I just don't know how practical it is. Yeah, and one thing that I will mention, I can't. I can't recall if there are any fan owned teams in the EPL, but I can only think of a couple in Spain, and then um, Germany. Uh, most of the teams are as well. Okay, but okay. like th- this is not common but i feel like it it's just an interesting yeah yeah concept absolutely. i do think so because like oh there's an nfl team actually that's fan owned um the green bay Packers. oh yeah you mentioned them yeah yeah, yeah. you have to okay so i feel yeah i feel like on one hand you've got um a, yeah like you've and you've got a greater vested interest in the team doing because like the fans actually care about the teams yeah yeah but then fans a lot of fans are not that intelligent and well, if the barrier of entry is you, that you pay money you could actively are they it. seeing well, any of the money the Packers fans, yeah. So any of the people no, that are not fan owners, do they see any of the money, or is it just thank you for your gold coin donation? I think it's thank you for your gold co- coin donation, and I think you're. It, yeah, it's a bit better. I think yeah. the value of your investment. Yeah, because the only thing I could think up, of yeah. was if you've got people who have come in, they've got a whole bunch of money, and they've bought their share for I don't know five grand or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, but you know, as we we're saying before, like some. Some teams will be pulling in different different types of people, right? So, mm. um, you know, especially if you're talking about international people wanting to buy in, those people are going to go for the biggest teams. Yeah, like, exactly. The ones that they know, mm. right? unless they know something that I don't yeah. know. Which mm. is, I, I agree, and I reckon it would just end up sort of turning into an EPL operation. Car, like it's obviously different, but in terms of where it's just dominated by funding heavy teams like that's why yeah. we see very little different like like when's apart from Leicester when's the last time a random ass team come along and won the league like you, you couldn't tell me the answer like it's ridiculous I mean Liverpool um, won this year <laughs> that was a good alley by me you're welcome um, <laughs> um. yeah but no I I, I kind of I like the, the concept that we're we're sort of hitting out of um like getting um, not feedback, but like sort of making an informed decision based on number one, the, the players. Um, I think they would probably have the greatest understanding sort of how the organization's running internally 
Um, but then I also think listening to the fans would definitely be a big one. Mm. And and over the, the one that I thought of also drive some... engagement. Like the, the fans yeah. care more about the team because oh, yeah. they have like real invested, they've in really invested money into the team. Yeah, you just look yeah, at like, yeah. the sports membership. Like, like directly the, into the, the team. Yeah. For AFL yeah. clubs. The one, the one I thought of straight away instantly was Golden State and how quickly that they've transitioned. Obviously, they've got the, the fan backing now and then the, the franchise goes, well, of course, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll pull out a new stadium, better facilities, everything. And I think that's the, so definitely the way to go. Um, yeah, I, I really, I can't say that like fully having fans or a player having the ability to sort of um, make big choices in terms of uh, um, executives for the franchise would ever be great in the long run um mm. but yeah yeah because like you could end up again with like the barcelona situation where they just end up spending all their money on players and the team is in a very precarious financial position because of the fact that the fans are the ones running the team yeah they don't really like it's the business model is not sustainable yeah. it's all about trying to put the best team on the park as often as possible and yeah. i feel like while that is admirable like the club needs to be able to exist long term i don't yeah. know what's like no one knows what's going to happen to these guys once Messi leaves. Yeah, yeah he's that's the right. only person holding that team together yeah. right now. And I don't know what other controls they have about the club other than who one who runs it and two who's playing. Mm. But yeah, there are other things to take into account as well, like merchandise being a huge one. I'm not sure if it's so big or if it's as large in. Oh, it's uh, massive. Oh, I know that. Like, no, it's, it's huge. Jerseys, yeah. Like, okay, so other yeah. things as well. It's huge. So Probably huge bigger because that's a massive thing for. a for an organization like that to be able to diversify so, their income. One thing I will say about the, the kit deals, the teams themselves don't actually make a lot of money on them. Right. It's mostly the sponsors. They get a small cut, the yep. teams do, but then it's mostly the sponsors themselves. Well, so, that's, that's even the other thing as well. You know, you got to keep your sponsors happy. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so like if you put out a crap team every single year. Yeah, that's potentially even worse. Yeah, like um, the team that I follow, Manchester United, We've got a huge kit deal with Adidas, yeah. but then we also have a clause in the contract where if we don't make the Champions League for two years in a row, we lose, I think, 10% of the value of the contract over the life of the contract. Wow. Yeah. So there's a huge financial incentive yeah. to stay good. Yeah. And then another interesting ownership structure is that my team, Manchester United, is um, publicly listed. So you can that actually buy shares really in Manchester United. Wow. That is, yeah. So like, I could just walk up and... Yeah, like you can buy Manchester United shares on the New York Stock Exchange. Guys, we well, that's the, interesting. It's on the NY. The NBA being cast now yeah, the, Manchester the, United. Uh, the owners are American. <laughs> ah. They are pricks. I hate them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that, yeah, I was going to say, because that's an interesting choice. Yeah, so um, they, I'll just go into it really quickly. They bought us out in a leverage buyout. Yeah. So our club now has a huge amount of debt, which is not productive and which we have to slowly pay off. Well, that's good. And the, owner is ta the owners are taking out massive chunks of money. And they don't invest anything. We every cent that we spend is basically the revenue that we generate. Yeah. But we're very financially healthy because our CEO is a genius at making money, even yeah. though he's terrible at actually investing it in the players. Yes. Yeah, so but we're going in a better direction yeah, it's now. It's a very GM way of doing things. It's a very American way of doing yeah. things. Yeah. Like General Motors is like, oh, <laughs> strip it down. Funny that you mentioned that. Chevy is our shirt sponsor. There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, that's a good spot to. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back for uh, a little fun little thing we're doing for this episode. We are, as as Karan mentioned, we'll be looking at our uh, sports idols, so to say, yep. um, or our favorite athletes, however you want to say that. Yep. 
Um, so we'll see you guys in a short while. Right. Ajinkya will feature very heavily. And we are back from our pit stop. So, uh, pit stop, that's funny because yours is motorsport. <laughs> I've got a motorsport one as well. That's oh, why I use pit oh, okay, stop. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm um, back from our pit stop. And now we, as discussed in the intro, we'd like to go into a segment that young Jacob actually brought up. Yeah. Since we are all sports fans of a type, like Jacob, obviously not a ball sport fan. Yeah. But Bill follows most of the same sports I do. Prad's a huge NBA fan and an esports fan and a few other bits and bobs here. I thought it would be a great idea to discuss our favorite athletes. Yeah. 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 So. Who wants to take it away first, boys? Uh, let's get Bill to do it. <laughs> if he's listening. And if he says anything dumb, we can just turn down his volume. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well. He's not prepared anything. I was going to go like after one of you based on like. All right, cool. Um, All right. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Yeah, yeah, you can go. All right. So, um, my back is really sore from carrying. Shall shall we just do one? Just do one one round and then one round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I just got to stretch out my back real quick. Shoulders feeling a bit sore. Been carrying Bill this whole podcast. Difficult job. But yeah. Anyway, so. (laughs) Sorry, Bill. Um, Since we've. All right. So let's start off. So like, obviously, we all know the big names like. Muhammad Ali, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. I don't really want to discuss those guys because I feel like what more is there to be said? Mm. Everyone knows or likes slash respects them except Bill and LeBron. <laughs> so I was thinking I'd probably do like talk about a different kind of athlete that I thought was interesting. Yep. So for me, one of them would be the F1 driver, James Hunt. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. No, not with him. No. He's a British Formula One driver. He won the 1976 Constructors' Championship. Oh, wow. It's going back. This goes way back. Back in... We're going back jinx days, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, there was actually a movie about him that came out a few years ago called Rush. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. It's worth watching. But, yeah, it's a really interesting story. So... For me, I picked James Hunt because I thought he's a very interesting character. What we see of athletes these days are all very media trained. Like, I don't think this is a bad thing necessarily yeah. because you need to be able to attract sponsors, but they're all very media trained. I feel like a lot of the answers that you get from them are very manufactured. And yeah. I feel like the public persona that you see is not actually what these guys are like. No, not at all. And I think that I think it's a little bit sad, and I think it kind of um, results in us not being very engaged with some of these athletes because like you, you can't relate to them yeah, and i think that's what uh strength of extreme sports has mm. it's because like they already crazy people anyway yeah exactly like, the sponsors know what they're getting themselves into mm. and typically like there's a whole like I mean, people are laughing about skateboarding in the olympics just because of like how many skateboarders smoke weed <laughs> that was the thing that i was reading online that people are like this is silly but anyway yeah so it's it can be hard to connect with these figures but then You've got someone like James Hunt, who was an absolute wild man. Like, you talk about smoking weed, did that openly. He um, couldn't attract sponsors for, like, the first three or four years of his career. You're busy smoking weed. No, because, like, (laughs) it's just a character. But there's, like, that general perception of him that he's, like, a bit of a nutcase. Like, the brands didn't really want to touch him. Yeah. So, it was, like, you know how expensive Formula One is, right? It's just... 
the, the money the that money. goes into it is ridiculous. How much was the steering wheel again alone? It was like forty grand or something. Yeah, stupid. some something stupid yeah. like that. And like, can you? So what? How this guy started his career was he started in the low, lower divisions like most drivers yeah, do. Yeah. But then on his way up, since he couldn't get um, a team to like actually um, sponsor him, mm. he one of his friends bankrolled the whole operation. So he had like a super rich lord type friend yep. who bankrolled the first car that he drove. So it was like a Heskith. It was a fairly dodgy car, but then he did quite well. Yep. And there were no sponsors at all. Can you imagine like a pro athlete in a sport like Formula One without sponsors? The amount of team you have to have behind the person who isn't even driving the car mm. is insane. Exactly. Yeah. So then, yeah, like th- this, he's an absolute wild man. Like he's very, I feel like he was very authentic, which is what I really liked about him. And like, um, there's a famous photo of him just standing there in his overalls with no sponsors. Except one sticker on his chest that said "Sex Breakfast of Champions," <laughs> and I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then, yeah, like he kind of cleaned up his, like, oh, not really cleaned up his image, but he he actually got sponsored by a major team, won the championship, and had a few other years in racing. Retired, and then yeah, just led the broadcast life for a little bit, yeah. and then died of a heart attack in 1991. Yeah. But at the age of 45. But then, wow. yeah, like I, I just thought he was a super interesting personality because he kind of takes away that um, PR veneer that you have around most, um, yeah. around most athletes. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like F1 is such a gentleman sport mm. as well. Mm. You know what I mean? The champagne at the, the end. Champ- oh, I mean, you got Kimi Raikkonen, but then. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like those individuals, right? Like you can't say there's a, there's a, like, like the sport as a whole is more civilized than something like boxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's just like it's like even though cricket's not doesn't have the squeakiest clean image, it's still I still see it as like the gentleman's sport. It's mm. it's like one of those things that's sort of just carried over from way yep. back when. But then if you've actually played cricket, you know it's far from the gentleman. Yes, exactly. Sport. You talk so <laughs> much <laughs> shit. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> Shane Warne, but anyway. <laughs> more than more than any other sport, you talk the most shit when you play cricket. Perfect. Shall I then? Yep. Yeah. Go for it. Um. All right. So for me, the the first one I'll say is um. A guy that you guys, uh, Karan and Bill know that I, I they'll, they'll know him very well, and they know that I like I like him a lot. It's Derek Rose. Hey. Um. I mean, look, I I can't I can't identify with you know being being surrounded from a young age with fairly good basketball talent and you know being and growing up in that kind of neighborhood. I I I can't identify with that. But what I did really um you know fall in line with was he. Around about it was about a two year gap between him him being traded from Chicago going to New York, which is basically more depressing than anything I've experienced. <laughs> um, Brother, <laughs> and, you know, being sent to um, Cleveland, where, in which you know he had the opportunity, but he couldn't perform as well due to injury, and then you know um, it gets waived after he gets sent to Utah, and then um, makes a, a career resurgence through Minnesota and now Detroit, and it's like. For me, that period, watching, seeing how he could go through such lows and then get to, uh, to such highs, because for me, around that time, um, you know, it, it, I had a similar rough period. You know, I, I failed a semester at uni, then um, I joined a, ba- a, a basketball competition, um, and we barely managed to make, um, you know, uh, quarterfinals. We won the first game, go to semifinals. Our best player's like, oh, 
peace out, guys. I'm going to go play in another team's game. Um, so he wasn't playing for us that, t- that game. We had a chance to win. I missed the game-winning shot. Um, and then, you know, um, a year later, I start playing again um, with another team. Season's going well, probably playing the best basketball of my life. Uh, and I break my hand. Then I go to Japan. Well, around that period is when I, I really started following what D-Rose was doing. Um, because he was, you know... Because he was on your fantasy team. On my fantasy team, but also I, I just happened to watch that 50-point game. Yeah. Like, it, you couldn't not... You, it, 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 it would have been impossible to watch that and not be a, and become a fan if you weren't already. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but then, he, like, the after I realized, like... Because uh, then I went... I was in Japan after that, and, you know, sh- it was... Sh- I don't want to talk about it too much, and I'm sorry for the language. Um, but it was awful. It was awful. I, I was depressed, and um, like once I finally got back, I was still feeling really bad about things. But like just knowing that someone could go, I mean, the, the guy was an MVP. Then eight years later, he didn't even get to play half of those eight years, and he had a season averaging five points a game. Mm. I mean, and to know that that guy can come back and do as much as he's doing now become a coveted, a coveted player in the league is like, I know that I can, at least in my life, I can, I can make, uh, turn things around. So yeah. I, Great I, story, Pratty. Yeah. <laughs> kind of shows you like the best of what sports can do for a person. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. D Rose, man, like it would take a lot. Like how, how many guys have we seen like have a, <clears throat> it was a career ending injury. Like it truly was. How many guys have we seen have that and they're just like, they, they just say like, there's, there's no like point in them coming back because number one, they of the opinion, obviously that they're never going to get back to that level. And then number two, that there's always the chance of doing it again. And he, and and he did that. do it again. He, yeah. And we saw that with <laughs> Derek. Oh, it was his meniscus. But yeah. He, he, yeah. But then it was his meniscus and then it was his meniscus again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really came back from like the lowest of lows, I feel, as a player. And I now mean, he's successful. Yeah. Relatively successful again. Yeah. And, and that, that just gives me hope every day. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a great story. Yeah. It was good. Uh, I have a pretty good one here. Right. Um, I'm just going to paint the picture of the, um, the absolute athlete um, that I'm about to describe. This is Dwayne Leverock, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. This is um. Just ima- imagine this, right? Like, like imagine what I'm going to describe to you, and then I'm going to give you boys a, a, a multiple choice um answer form, All right? right? Close, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Um, at, at least um, 25 years older than your average um peak professional. Um, five foot seven overweight um all right now now your options to choose from are um a everyone's father sitting on the couch at home on sunday (laughs) b uh world champion shane that's it (laughs) i actually think i know who this is you're Um, you're gonna know who it is is this is this man this man 16-time world champion, Phil Taylor, absolute madman. I just think anyone who can make a career 
out of and be like essentially the best in the world at drinking beers and throwing darts. Like, <laughs> what what more do you need? Oh, do, do, um, you guys, do you guys know who Phil Taylor is? No, but I think I can figure it out now. Has, get, <laughs> Every get darts a, player ever. Get up a photo of him for the, for the boys. He's like um, he's one of the most dominant yeah. athletes ever. Yeah. A and, we'll, and we'll edit one in as well for yes, those watching. Absolute. Like, he is built like Nikola Jokic, but smaller. But okay, five foot I see seven. It. I see it. <laughs> I see it. I see it. <laughs> uh, I've seen this guy. I've seen this guy. Absolute freak. Yeah. But I, I think it like it just goes to show like, you know, like just find something you love doing love doing. And if that's drinking beers and throwing darts, just become the best in the world at it. Like what Shout out young Tomo. <laughs> Loves punching a dart. <laughs> what what more I just find I think it's unbelievable the the traction um darts has as a sport for what it is like <laughs> at, the, the, at the the very base of darts there there is there is very little complexity <laughs> revolving around this sport and just the you know the I don't know it just fulfills a lot of people they they love it I think it's it's a good if thing you could dominate it then I mean and I I, I regularly perfectly. tune in yeah, have you ever darts. played darts before it's not easy <laughs> I have I got blackout <laughs> drunk and tried it it's not easy <laughs> I mean uh, as um as Kaz knows the the young man the uh the great Van Gerwen, he he's on the way. He, he he'll probably uh, hunt down Phil Taylor's records. He's he, in in the darts world. Uh, the Van Gerwen's just a child. Um, he's he's got decades left. Um, yeah, and you only but, get better the more beers you've had in you as well. <laughs> he's only yes. just started becoming a truck. He's got years then, of potential. Uh, I think yeah, I'm not Phil Taylor, but I think like because he 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 was like the epitome of darts for like a, a very very long time um essentially dominated the sport I, only really sort of um you know not not been the the number one guy in sort of the last few years um but yeah i, I love feel i love the darts like oh, i always tune in when it's on it's hype as like i don't get it they just throw a dart 180 and the crowd just goes bloody mental and the crowds that they attract are huge as well yeah yeah Yeah, but i just thought like it it just goes to show that you know you don't need to be like you know six foot six 220 pounds of muscle you can be five foot seven overweight old yeah punching darts drinking beers and still be a world-class athlete that's right i mean and yeah as as i think jacob said you've got the a similar uh Operation in Shane Keith Warn back <laughs> in his day. Hey, nah, Warney's in better shape now than he ever was in his career. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Ten plastic surgeries and Jenny Craig's later. <laughs> you have current Warney. What's his um his hair regrowth thing called? Ashley again? Martin. Yeah, far out. <laughs> Shout out LeBron James. <laughs> 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 what's a, right, hey Bill, what's a better comeback? I got three for you. All right, all right. I, I, you know the answer, but you know I know the answer, but all we're right. going to do it anyway. 2016 NBA Finals. Crab, do, do you remember that? 2007 Adelaide Oval Test. 2007 Adelaide Oval Test, right? The the one that we came back and won on like the last day. What what Eng- about the was it 2017 when Gaz took six in the final session? That was yeah. pretty good as well. Yeah, that, that's crazy. But this is the Ashes though. And then the last one. 
cook the ashes. Last one. Palms are garbage anyway. <laughs> LeBron James's hairline. What you got? I mean, if if we're talking in terms of like actually how difficult this. it was to come <laughs> back, if if you look at LeBron James's hairline, brother, there was no coming back from that. I mean, that there were I I don't know how he's done it, <coughs> human growth hormone, but um, <laughs> no, nah, that makes you lose hair. Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure how he's done it after with, with this Miami rejuvenation. I'm sadly not on camera camera to show some uh, quotation marks. Be pretty difficult to regrow your hair whilst taking extensive amounts of yeah, HG. I, I think that's one of the more incredible athletic feats of the 21st century. If I'm, uh, being honest. I'm truly of the opinion that um, once Le- like LeBron's retired and, and everything, he he will probably um. I assume he'll open up like an advanced hair studio sort of operation, and <laughs> and um, I have I have no doubt that um, his his career and failures in the NBA finals will be swiftly forgotten after his successful hair regrowth company uh, takes hey, off. Hey, who knows? Maybe once the stress of losing all those finals is gone, maybe the hair will actually stay in his head. <laughs> so the next, so. Bro. Nah, but bro, you you can't tell me that like in in like 2017 when they're they're down two one, you can't tell me he doesn't wake up in the middle of the night having having nightmares about you know those Mavs boys in 2011. I don't see it <laughs> happening, brother. I don't yeah, prob- see it. Bro. Probably having nightmares of JJ Barea. Anyway, so second round. Oh, oh Jacob wants to my open first up. one. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't done my first one. Jacob, yet. all right. Um, so my first one is Scotty Kramer. Um, I first came aware of Scotty Kramer through his YouTube video. Mm. Um, so Scotty is a professional BMX rider. Mm-hmm. Um, he has won nine BMX X Game medals, um, three gold, three silver, and three bronze. The only <laughs> other person to have ever done that is Dave Mira. Legend Dave Mira is one of the one of the most prolific people in the entire sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scotty was able to do that too. Um, he has a couple of uh, first uh, world firsts in his, in his name as well. Um, front, uh, front flip tail whip, uh, seat stand front flip, and uh, X Factor 2 tail whip. Um, I'm sure there's more as well, but that's all I could find on the internet. Apparently, mm-hmm. Way more difficult to find out who invented the tricks, which so is quite funny. Is, is he a recent BMX rider? He's been around for a while. Um, I think he started like appearing on the X Games in, I want to say, the early to mid 2000s. Right. Because he's in his 30s. But now. then the sport was pretty mature by then, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's then, like, it, it's actually a pretty big deal that he was able to land. Dude, it's, a, it's yeah. insane. Like, he's done a whole lot. He was a very, he, I think when he was younger, he did a lot of big tricks. Mm. But now when he was old, when he, um, when he was riding and he was older, he, did a lot more technical stuff. Right. Um, so he's done a bit of everything. Um, and uh, the reason why he's so, why he stands out to me is because he went from, like he was like on the top of his game. He was, um, I don't know, he just seems like such a, like a charismatic, such an energetic person. Mm. And then in 2016, he suffered a brain and spinal injury. Oh. Um, very tragically so. Uh, he was filming a video um, and he got the trick done. He rode away and they looked at it and they went, ah, oh. he went, ah, oh, I could do that better actually. Oh boy. So he went to do it again, landed the trick perfectly. He was rolling away 
and he went to um, bunny hop off the piece of concrete. So, like, in an old construction site or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, his front wheel um, went into, like, a big pothole, and he hits it, and he just goes straight away, just like that, like, head over bars, straight into the ground. He's wearing a helmet. He'd always worn a helmet. He was a big... Advocate. advocate of helmets. Mm. Um, he's yeah. He's like extremely responsible as well um, compared to many other characters in the in sports, the extreme sports yeah. Yeah, yeah. world. Um, and yeah, he ended up having um, yeah. So he broke his back or his neck rather. I think um, he had um, hemorrhaging on the brain as well. Um, they actually had to took a piece of his skull away to relieve pressure. Mm. Um, so now he's got a fake. Uh, forehead, mm-hmm. essentially, and um, you know, fake teeth and stuff because he smashed all his teeth. Um, he went to rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this was documented, by the way. If you want to check out his YouTube channel, go do it. Um, he's probably one of the most inspirational people I could think of. Um, he, yeah, he went from not being able to feed himself. And now he's riding his bike again. Oh boy! Wow. Like he's, I, he he he's still is a bit slow in his right in his right side, um, and you know he's 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 not doing the big tricks like he used to, but he's able to get on his bike and ride it around. Yeah, which was something that the doctors didn't think was possible. Right? Can he like um, and, still speak and communicate? Yeah, as he used to be able to. Yeah, before? yeah, he's perfectly fine with communication, no issues. That's amazing. Um, and like cognitively, his brain still he works seems to be fine. He seems to be fine. The only thing is, um, I don't think his body can regulate his temperature very well anymore. Oh. Ah. Um, but you know, I think that's why he moved to Florida actually, because he was in New Jersey. Um, that's where one good thing about that shit. But yeah, he well. went through hell, and he's still probably one of the most. Um, Positive people on YouTube, right? Or maybe even in BMX. Mm-hmm. He's just, he ha- like, he's just amazing. He really is. To go from that, like, a sport that's so athletic to what he had to do where he was wheelchair bound and couldn't feed himself and, yeah. You know, or at least it was very hard for him to eat by himself. He's like the, the brain damage as well. That's... Yeah, so he went through a lot and he's come out the other side. And you can see he now films That's all the time. So I'll definitely moved, check it out. So he's moved from um, being like the star of the channel as such to being the filmer. But like you're still there for Scotty. Yeah. Because he's yeah, got yeah. such a personality. Oh, boy. Right? He's just a fantastic character. He really is. Um, and yeah, he's like when that crash happened, like when I found that. Because I was following him from... Probably that 50,000 subscribers, mm. right? So, his channel is quite small. I think it's over a million now. Mm. Um, when that crash happens, I'd watch him every day. Like, every release, I'd watch it straight on the day. And, um, yeah, that, that really shook me. Like, I, yeah, I cried. Like, that was hard. That was really weird. That was the first time I think I've cried for somebody I didn't actually know. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that was a hard one. And, um yeah, he does updates now and again about his injury, how he's improving, and he's improving all the time. And uh, yeah, so he's he's my first pick. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, no, that's that's a fan- that's probably the best one so far. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic comeback. Yeah, yeah, it's so, the best kind of. Isn't yeah, it? I, I don't know how we're going to top that. Yeah, all right, let's move past <laughs> the somber Bill moves. Just brings up I don't know Donald Trump playing tennis, <laughs> brother. <laughs> <laughs> brother, no, nah, golf, golf, golf. That, that's okay. that's that's where the man's at. 
But yeah, so um, let's do round two. Any volunteers to go first, or do you want me to go? We can just keep the current order. That's right, sweet. Cool. Yeah. sweet. So um, as I might have, well, I don't know if I've actually mentioned this on the podcast, but um, most of the teams that I follow in most of the other sports, I kind of pick them arbitrarily, like um, the Boston Celtics. I picked them because like they were one of the first teams that I watched. Yeah. And I liked watching Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. But like I didn't have like a personal reason to follow the Celtics. The Saints I did because I grew up in the area. Okay. Um, the St. Kilda Saints for the AFL for anyone that's not aware. Um yeah, then like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I've got some familial connections in that used to live in Pittsburgh, but again, like it was kind of arbitrary. One team that was not an arbitrary selection for me was Manchester United. My entire family goes for United from like my great my grandparents down and yeah like i basically had no choice i was indoctrinated i was indoctrinated from when i was very little (laughs) and most of my like childhood sporting memories are from watching manchester united actually on cricket yeah so yeah then i would say that the the only team that i really really care about beyond a superficial level would be united Mm. Because of all like the memories that I have associated w- watching them play, so um, I, it was really important for me to be able to pick one player from Manchester United. Yeah. So for me, that would probably be Paul Scholes. So he's he was a midfielder, and he br- really broke out with the first team in nineteen ninety four. So yeah, sorry, nineteen ninety two. Sorry, that's um, a very famous class of players, and they all um, they they all came into the academy together and they all kind of grew up yeah. and played for United. But, but they all became first team superstars. But then like one the the player that played his whole career for Manchester United and was like a superstar for the majority of that time was Paul Scholes. And Scholesy was incredibly loyal to the team. Yeah. So there were points in time where other like where other um teams offered him Better money, better salary, better locations because Manchester is a little bit, it's a bit dreary mm. from everything that I've ever heard. <laughs> but like, he's a local lad, never wanted to leave, never had an agent. Right. So he, he said, Why would I need an agent if I just want to re sign with the club? Yeah. Like, that, that's all he was ever yeah, going to yeah, do. Yeah, so yeah. then there, there's a team Inter Milan, they wanted to sign him. They offered him like a crazy contract, way more than we could afford to pay him. Yeah. Then he said, nah, the only way I'm going to play for you guys is if you buy the club. And I thought that re- that really stuck out to me because, like, you don't really see that kind of loyalty in sports anymore. Yeah. Like, especially from, like, superstar players. Yeah, they just follow the money. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's no real incentive. But then, like, I think it's refreshing um, every now and then to have a player like Paul Scholes that really does live and breathe the team that he plays for. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably my... Second. All right. Um, so obviously anyone knows me and anyone who's watching the Beancast as well knows basketball is a big part of my life. So improving in that is pretty important to me. And for a really, really long time, I had a completely broken jump shot. Um, elbow out, you know, right in front of my, I don't know, chest when I released it. It was disgusting. Um, but I was kind of, whether I was probably lazy, but also like, Man, it would take me so much effort at this point in my life to actually change my jump shot. Mm. Um, but then I saw I, 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 I saw one of the guys with an absolutely disgusting jump shot 
raise his percentages to just under forty percent. Sean Marion? No, because he's even he's stayed disgusting. He didn't change anything. It, ju- no, it just worked. No, I'm just taking the piss. Go on. Um, no, you'll you'll think I'm still taking the piss if I do mention this guy. But um, just watching the way that Draymond Green managed to actually, because he started averaging 40 <laughs> points per game, and I knew, yeah, I knew this would happen. But that's not the only thing, anyway. Um, oh boy. It just gave me motivation to actually try and change my jump shot. I didn't, obviously, I'm not going to try and put a backpack on and shoot every single time. <laughs> what not? Um, does. But the fact that he was able to go from 30% to 39% in a single season was like, hey. No, I, I get you. Like the improvement that yeah, he showed. Yeah, you can do yeah. that too. Like you can, you know, start to change. And so um, that really helped because late in later on seasons, I'm, you know, I can see that I'm, it's improved. Um, and the other part of it was also that his personality ar- around that time, especially, was something that I was able to take away from because um, I think anyone during that uh, who knew me during that time knew me because I talked a lot of shit on the court. Sorry for language. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, it really helped because now he I've, definitely also adopted a lot more than Draymond's jump shot into his game. Um, natural, natural shooting motion. Um, natural jumping motion, sorry. There are a lot of gene pools that will never be spread again due to Prad's basketball yeah, style. But, um, <laughs> no, the important thing to me was that, like, now I've sort of be- been everything, I, I, been sort of every personality I could have been on the court. Um, I've, I've talked a lot of crap. I've, I've, um, been the one who, you know, stays quiet and does Lonzo Ball, would just walk away from the entire situation. But, because I did get the opportunity to like see what that can do and you know put put my personality out there um now when i I see my uh, like the most recent season, obviously you guys stay home, don't play basketball right now stay uh, don't get too close to anyone but when I, when I was playing when we were most recently playing basketball, my team almost got into a fight, and it was good to know that you know now that I've been that guy and I've previously been the hothead, I know that I can keep my teammates from getting into it. Uh, getting you can into diffuse the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just seeing him become relevant and also change his personality, well, not really change his personality, but help me develop a personality. Mm. It's pretty important for me. Right. No, that, that's, that's, that's cool. That's, yeah. a, that's a great reason. That's a good one. Um, oh, Bill's next. Sorry, yeah, we have Bill. to follow the order. Bill, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like, <laughs> just mute him. Wait, Bill, are you awake? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I am okay. laying down, but <laughs> all right. So, um, who did Prad just discuss? Just so that we're, you know we're all on the same page. Nah, I'm I'm awake, bro. Come on. I laughed at his Draymond jump shot joke at the start. It wasn't a joke. But I laughed. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, um, thank God we got video for my reaction on that one. <laughs> you would have done me justice, I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm I'm following the NBA trend and also the uh, the sort of the loyalty trend. I'm going with um, probably the most underrated player in NBA history. Somehow, still underrated, Timmy D. Um, like, like, as soon as this man came along to San Antonio, like, he, like, Jimmy you just D. Hit a... Oh, I thought he said Jimmy D. Yeah, I thought you said Jimmy D. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy D. Jimmy Duckett? James Dunn. I thought he was uh, going okay. Um, but not, yeah, Timmy, Timmy, Tim, Timothy with a T. Yep. D. Unkin, D. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think like he he just showed everybody like you don't have to be that express, especially in the NBA. It's a lot of expression um, in terms of doing things and Timmy was sort of just that low key um and I think that's probably almost why he's still underrated well what do you mean um, he talked so much crap remember Kevin Garnett he was saying ooh gotcha next time <laughs> nice move <hang> on. <laughs> no I, I, I still think uh, apparently Timmy would be giving you tips on how to improve when you were <laughs> playing him as well I thought that'd be the most demoralizing thing ever Nah, but um, yeah, Timmy just like exemplified, and he was very team oriented. Um, everything you hear about um Pop, like he, obviously it takes a great coach to um to win five rings, let alone one in the NBA. But Pop does attribute like all of his success to Timmy. He says that like every everything that they they do started with him. Um, he he was the one buying into everything and and keeping everyone in check. And and like you see the videos, the Spurs heating up like Manu or Tony going to yell at people and Timmy's the one like, you know, pulling them away, not not getting in the argument. Um, Diffusing like, the situation. Yeah. Mm. yeah well, diffuse like, much with think... Joey Crawford. Mm, but I, mean, <laughs> I mean, look, if when you're that bold and that old, someone just laughing would probably just set you off, right? Like, you, you think they're just mocking you because um, you've got, like, insecurity Yeah, Jacob, issues. for context, um, Tim Duncan was sitting on the bench, so he's not on the court. And he was laughing yeah. at a certain call, or was it a missed free? No, like he, he was just laughing, right? Just We're laughing. not sure what made having him laugh. A, having a giggle. And yeah. he got technical fouls for that. Two technical fouls, which got him kicked out of the game. Oh, they, right. they ejected this dude for laughing. Okay. And that was the only time he got ejected. Like, the man, I don't know, man. Like, and he, uh, I think he just, like, he, he seems to be, like, you know, the best teammate, the, the best person to coach, like... Just everything you hear about Timmy is positive. And then obviously he's coaching now, obviously doing a, a super good job. Um, probably yeah, 100% winning, right? Because uh, he coached one game. I'm, I'm telling you, I reckon there's some serious um, dodginess going on in that Spurs front office. Because you know how they kind of, like, it's kind of similar with Paul Scholes, how Timmy would kind of take team discounts to stay with the Spurs and keep them competitive, right? Yes. Yeah, I reckon there's a little bit of um, paying him back for taking those discounts going on right now by offering him that front office role. I mean, he's very smart um, in terms of basketball knowledge. So, I mean, even if they are, I don't think it's terrible. Um, uh, no, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I just thought it was no, funny. I also respect him also because like he didn't care about how he looked. I mean... That, I, I really appreciate that. He was comfortable in his own skin. I mean, it's kind of easy when you're like seven feet tall and a multi-millionaire. Well, no, there's yeah. still a lot of a lot of insecure tall people in this world. Whereas he's just like oh, also a multi-billionaire. That that true. That <laughs> but like the man was just like, yeah, I'm gonna rock up in like super baggy clothes. Like that that's a big thing to me as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he I, was he wasn't afraid to be himself. Yeah, yeah. I really like that pick, Bill. That's a good one. It's like Draymond Green. He's not afraid <laughs> to be himself. Sure. Uh, Jacob, you. Oh, no, it's true. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, my next one is, I not the inventor of drift driving, but the person who popularized it, uh, known as the Drift King, DK or Z- Donkey Kong or Zadori Dori, uh, is K. Uh, Keiichi Tsuchiya. Ah, I wonder if you know how he wrote Well, actually, he was involved with Tokyo Drift. I'm not um, He actually made a cameo. He was one of the fishermen. 
um, when that go- when the main character was trying to learn how to drift. So when you watched this, were you just like, whoa? Well, I didn't realize who it was at first, obviously, because it came out so long ago. Yeah. Right? I didn't even know who Keiichi was at that point. And then as I got into motorsport, uh, or maybe even just car culture is probably a better way of putting it, um, I then watched it again. And I was like, oh, I know him. <laughs> He's like the guy of drifting. Right. Um, I don't explain. It's like the MJ of drifting. Like wow. everybody knows who this guy is. If you're into drifting, you know who Keiichi is. Right. Um, so he's done, he's not just a drift driver. Um, he's also competed at Le Mans. Uh, he's done NASCAR um, and touring car as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is most notable for drifting. Um, Keiichi actually first learned to drift on the mountain roads of Japan. So he was into illegal street racing oh. as even the um, guy who invented it was. Though maybe to a, maybe for Keiichi to a greater extent. Um, so originally the idea of drifting was that with cars with, old, with the old technology, it was actually faster to go around those tight hairpins yeah. by drifting. Mm. Now with um, advancements with... Um, in cars right you don't need to do that like the clean line is still the best right but that's where drifting came from um and uh yeah so keiichi was actually um, kind of easier uh, to stay or it's kind of easier to keep your speed if you drift though yeah i mean especially with older cars as well yeah yeah um so keiichi was actually part of the um fuji freshman race series in 1977 um, but he was disqualified or rather he had his license revoked, um, because of a video that came out, um, called Polsby. Wait, how old is this guy? Uh, he is, he was born in 56. Sorry, he was 21. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's an old, so he's he's old, probably old gentleman. A bit, uh, probably just a bit uh, middle younger age. than Jinx. Yeah. yeah. He's middle age. <laughs> and so, yeah, so he was... He was about to compete um, and then they took away his license because he featured in this video, I think it's called Pulse, Pulseby. Um, and that was a, it highlighted, you know, like uh, illegal street drifting uh, in Japan and Keiichi had a big part of it. And um, they said, you know, you can't be doing that. So um, he then, um, with the help, um, or rather that actually may have been the catalyst for drift driving becoming an actual sport. Mm. Um, because in 1989, um, Keiichi, along with um, a magazine called Video Option, um, would host the first ever official drift competition. Um, although the format was different from it is today, I think it has to do with the amount of cars that are on. I think now you most drifting was um, is... One versus one battle. I think then there was five people on the track. Oh, wow. Could be, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, so, um, and since then, since Cage's involvement, since the push to make it a real, like a real sport in Japan, it's been recognised all over the world: Australia, Canada, um, and the US being a few, a few countries that now recognise it as official motorsport. Mm. Um, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's somebody in the comments going like, no, you idiot. It's not actually wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and always then some idiot there's always some people like that. Um, but yeah, so Keiichi would feature in Tokyo Drift. He also helped coordinate some of the stunts as well. Like he was the go-to dude apparently. 
And he, um, he's also said to be the inspiration for the main character in Initial D. Oh. Uh, uh, Takami Fujiwara. Yeah. Um, and also the reason why they chose to use an 86, like a Toyota 86, because mm. um, Keiichi, that's his car. Yeah. Like he even has one to, um, even today, one of those old original like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 86s. Um, so, yeah. Does uh, he have a new one? He does have a new one as well, but <laughs> like he, he still prefers the old one as far as I'm aware. The Something apparently the balance is the best. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I just think that he was really cool how he sort of took, I don't know whether it was like this because there wasn't a lot of information, mm. um, but it would seem to me that he took these circumstances where he was banned from driving in a professional series and then just spent more time doing something else like he spent more time drifting and eventually made it an actual motorsport right so no that's, that's, that's cool. really cool. yeah yeah he basically yeah he made the best of a bad situation progenitor of drifting yeah it's yeah. crazy damn damn that's, that's, <laughs> that's deep boys yeah um anyone else got anything to add uh anyone got any more shout outs because i got like i guess one more i could mention i just a quick shout out to um <clears throat> boris dl oh of quick Quick shout out for me to um, Paul Pierce as well. It was relatively close between him and Scalzi, but not really. But yeah, I just wanted to yeah. shout out yeah. Paul Pierce um, for the same uh, reason. Yeah, quick shout out to Big Boy because he helped Scotty a lot during his times um, hey. to help him carry the channel. Wait, when you say Big Boy, do you mean... That's like, his nickname. Oh, I was going to say like the outcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> his nickname. <laughs> um, I guess I'll mention uh, Esports Player C9. Hi. His name is Hi his Ute Gamer name. Yeah, I thought Pratty was actually like just introducing himself to this player real quick. Um, no, because this guy he uh, he during he, um, like uh, he, while he was still competitive in the league, he mm. suffered a collapsed lung, started playing through a injured wrist as well, which is like devastating for a esports Damn. player. Damn. Um, was still tough. competitive and was still supporting newer teams towards the end of his career. It was just a really like great leader for a long time. Mm. Really impressive to see, and now he's like close to becoming an anal an analyst. So wow, yeah. Let's hope esports analysts are better than NBA analysts. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> take care, everyone. Stay safe. We'll get you, Kendrick Perkins. Um, oh, Kendrick Perkins was on there too. <laughs> guys, Actually, if you guys have uh, a sports person that you would like uh, for us to talk about, make sure you do uh, send us a DM on Instagram at NBA Beancast. Or you can hit us up on our email at nbabeancast um, at gmail.com. Nice and simple. If you swing that way. <laughs> um, Whatever your preferences, guys. So hope you guys stay safe. Catch you guys for the next one.